first time. This is First Time for Everything. I'm Adam Richardson. And I'm Jordan Rizzieri. And for everybody who's listening who perhaps doesn't know who we are, and there's going to be quite a few, then uh, we should probably explain. Who are we, Jordan? How did we meet? What's going on? Who are you? Who am I? Um, I am a writer and podcaster from New York. And we met, well, I feel like there's several versions of the story, but the one that I'm choosing to go with is that we met when I started writing for Pod Bible, and then eventually I became the online editor for a while. Um, and then I kind of stepped down in at the end of the year last year, but we've stayed friends and have talked about doing a podcast. And here we are. We made it happen. Here we are. Here we are. We've, we've fought against the time difference. Jordan got up very early for this. It's just lunchtime for me, so I'm chilled. I'm, I'm all ready to go. Um, I am, yeah, based in England, and I am the editor of Pod Bible magazine and the Pod Bible website, and uh, also host of the Pod Bible podcast. Um, and yeah, we we did some good stuff together. And I was gutted when you left, but as you said, we um, have kept in touch and have been wanting to do something. And we thought we'd do a podcast. It was always going to be a podcast. It took a while to come up with, the, with different ideas, didn't it? We we had a we had a couple. We even did a pilot episode uh, on another idea that no one will ever hear. No one will ever let them hear them. No, nope. we'll get a Patreon one day. That, you know, <laughs> gold 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 tier members might be able to listen. But yeah, first time for everything is what we're doing. How would you succinctly <laughs> explain what the idea is? I put extra pressure on you by saying succinctly. The idea for the podcast is that we interview guests and they talk to us about their first time experience with something. Could be anything in the world, but that's the basic premise, I think. How was that? Was yeah. that succinct? Yeah, makes total sense to me. So it could be something serious, you know, it could be uh, the first proper job, could be the first time you fell in love, could be something like uh, the first the time. first time you experienced death or loss. Oh, yeah. Deep. That would be very serious. That would be. And I'm hoping that we'll, we'll have those kind of episodes coming up mm -hmm. at some point. Or it could be silly or frivolous, or it could be something like the first time I vomited on my grandmother. Oh, no. I should have made notes before this. <laughs> I should have come up with a good example. And I said that. Adam, I would like somebody to come on here and talk about the first time they sneezed in public after the pandemic, because I feel like it's a very stressful experience. Oh, yeah, that is a good one. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to be asking you guys to get involved as well, listeners, because we are going to want your stories. Uh, if you hear one of our guests talk about a subject and you have a great story that's similar or, you know, on the same topic, then please do get in touch. Obviously, we'll give you all the info towards the end of the episode on how to do that. And we're also going to be doing some weekly challenges. We are. You and I are going to be challenging one another to try things for the very first time. So I think this is good because, one, it, it gives us an opportunity to grow as people, but also because <laughs> you live in England and I live in America. So there's always going to be some kind of like cultural things we can force each other to try for the first time. I've already seen the British office, in case anyone's curious. We're, we don't have to go there. I've had my first time experience <laughs> with Ricky Gervais. Okay, good. I'm pleased. That, that was an idea I had coming up, but I'll uh, scratch that off the list. <laughs> anyway, let's get to the first episode and our very first guest. A lot of people will be tuning in, especially to hear our first guest. Uh, it, it is Scroobius Pip, who both of us have, uh, well, we've had a lot of dealings with, right? He is one of the partners uh, for Pod Bible, mm -hmm. um, And obviously, so you've worked with him um, on that front, but also he's just somebody that you've known through the wrestling scene yep. and other areas. I think you're going to talk about first time you met him at the end of this right yeah i am it's a good story okay. mostly embarrassing for me but yes it's a good story <laughs> that's my favorite kind of stories uh, so you've got all that to look forward to after the chat but now we're going to hear about scroobius pip and he's talking about the first time he used a stage name <laughs> Well, I think the fir the first thing is just, I just want to ask this question for me. Has anybody ever asked you if Scroobius Pip is your real name? Yeah, all the time. And people assume it is because I use it for business things. So I'll, I'll sign contracts to Scroobius Pip. And that was early on the first lawyer I had when we were doing music was kind of like, well, if it's a name that you use publicly and can be proved that you use it, then yeah, you can sign it. It doesn't have to have been changed legally. It's the, the, it's the name that you go by so yeah quite understandably a lot of people think it's my 
it's my a real name, and I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to explain explain a lot. Have you ever considered just telling them? Yeah, it is my real name. Like, what does <laughs> you're not? Are you going to tell them what your real name is? Like, what does it matter? Often I'll dodge it. Often I'll just kind of l- laugh or not give a clear answer, kind of thing. Or like, I'll just go, I'll just pip, pip, pip's easiest. Just kind of when is that your real name? Is like, what do you prefer? And I'll just rather than actually answer the question because again, it is stupid. It's such a weird one, and it's not something. I ever planned and before we get to the kind of the first time of uh, I'm, I'm I'm talking about it is a kind of it's something I always have to explain to people that I didn't pick Scroobius Pip as a stage name it's not like a performance name it's something like I've got old orders from when I worked in HMV that say Scroobius Pip on them because it's a name I was was using in general for, uh, for years and I guess it started and I think um, the the that law where you can't be prosecuted for crimes after after ten years. What's that called? The, the statute of limitations uh, is that? Yeah, is that it? Yeah, um, we'll, we'll go with that. So the, the first times I was using it, and again, I, I'm going to be talking about my first time performing a Scribius Pip and all that. But the mm. first time I used it was probably on illegal paintings on walls um, because I used to do a lot of graffiti. Um, and right. I always feel I should clarify it was stenciling because they are different art forms. I do think they're both skilled, but I know a lot of graffiti people will be like, oh, you do graffiti? And then I'll sh- I'll show them some of my old stuff. Like, oh, you do stenciling. You don't do graffiti. <laughs> it's not the proper art. I'm like, All right, yeah. But did you at least tag your name or was yeah. that a stencil as yeah. well? Did you have those no, stencils no. where it's I'd, all I'd, the letters? I had a Scribius Pips st- stencil, 100%. I'd, I'd, I'd done oh, really? a cool little a way of writing it that I'd cut out. So yeah, everything I did was 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 stenciled and yeah, I used to do that all over the place. Me and a couple of mates who all decided to start doing it at the same time would do road trips to go and, and paint on walls. So we'd pick places within a couple of hours drive from where we are. We'd get there a, l- a little bit before p- pub closing and j- just have a drink or some food. Dutch courage, yeah, exactly. And then we'd have a bit, a bit of a walk about and do some painting, and then have a two-hour drive home, all buzzing from our illegal activities. I love the idea that there's a police officer somewhere who has like a map of Essex that has like where you live at the center of it, and <laughs> yeah. all these strings to all the different yeah. places where you've done stenciling. Yeah, completely, exactly that. We used to. I, I always remember my my proudest one was in in L- L- London, just near Liverpool Street. And, I, and this this became a thing afterwards, but I'm convinced, n- not that I invented it, but just that I came up with it independently. But I had a really big piece I wanted to do. And number w- 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 one, I decided because it was big, I'm going to use rollers because that's going right. to be more, it's going to hold it against the wall better. And, you know, rather right. than it being having blurred edges or whatever. So I got a high-vis, I got a Nike cap and some tracky bottoms um, and just on my w- w- way there, I nicked a couple of cones, and I just coned off the the the, the alleyway I was doing it in, and got all my work out, high vis jacket, nightcap, and just people assumed it was an official thing. Something going on. I didn't get any any hassling. Every other one I've done. Part of the buzz is your constant fear of getting caught, but it's also I'm not, as Adam will know, I'm not an exciting guy. So the, the part of it was that buzz, and part of it was like, I hate this. This is the worst. I just want to do my art, <laughs> and I only had to had to run away from the police once. But yeah, on that occasion, I just went full like hiding in plain sight. That must be what you know the likes of Banksy yeah, does. It's got to be, especially when they're creating something that big. Like yeah. when you see the the huge sort of, sort of full wall mural yeah. type things, you just think. That's not a quick run up, you know. Oh, that was a, it. My thought was hoodie and spray yeah. can. Tss, 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 they both attract yeah. attention. Whereas hives and rollers, it's like, all right, there's someone doing some work. Yeah, ignore it. Cool, man. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to bring that up, but yeah, that's that's the <laughs> that's when I was originally using Scroobius Pip, and then I was making some sh- short films as well. And then the thing that happened to take off was m- music. So yeah, I was using it in a load of ways. What might be quite 
useful i guess i mean there might be some people i believe it or not Pip, there might be some people listening who've never even heard of you yeah who don't, know, don't know what you do yeah. but also don't really understand the whole scroobius pip thing and i know it's a story that you've that you've told but where does that name come from so it comes from an edward lear poem and i've got two parts of this explanation so it comes it comes from an edward lear poem and this the poem's about a creature called the scroobius pip um mm. And it wakes up in the jungle and doesn't know what it is. It goes with the fish for a bit and realises it isn't a fish. It goes with the lions and realises it isn't a lion. And by the end, it realises it's its it's, its own creature. It is a Scroobius Pip. And it's a really positive kid's story because it's about you don't need to fit into groups. You can just be yourself. And I really gravitated towards it because I said I was doing stenciling. I was doing photography. I was trying to make short films. I was trying to make music. And I was working in in HMV and everything was telling me, everything I'd learned about careers was telling me I need to pick one. I need to to pick what I'm going to do. You can't Mm. just do all of these things. But I read about the Scroobius Pip. I was like, well, I can. I can be all of these things. Um, And that's stuck throughout my whole career. It's why I've jumped about so many different things. And it seems unusual when you look from the outside. But my kind of plan from the start was always just to do what I find exciting at the time rather than here's my career path but the the further explanation I need is that it always makes me sound like I'm really well read and this particularly as I came up doing spoken word as well that I'm just casually twiddling my moustache by candlelight reading Edward Lear poems um you'll remember Adam in in the early 2000s hmvs and stuff like that became obsessed with um with add-on purchases so you'll have like key rings at the at the till that do like mr t sounds and quotes like that or a family guy quote key ring just stupid stuff like that but they'd also have small books one of those small books was the small the little book of dogs names and in the little book of dog names was scroobius pip as a suggestion for a dog name so i didn't get it from reading poetry i then researched it and read about it but i actually found it when bored on the till and flicking through the little book of dogs names which is weird because that's actually a terrible suggestion for a dog's name really odd one isn't it yeah the whole point is you can't actually you know it's not a dog it's not a cat it's not a fish (laughs) it's a scroobius pit yeah exactly but yeah that is where i actually i actually found it but again I, i i forgot that for years and everyone would always be so when did you get into Edward Lear? And I'd be thinking, I don't remember. Because I'm just really forgetful. Like, I must have been just Owl and the Pussycat, I guess. But then I was like, oh, no, hang on. <laughs> like, uh, uh, someone I worked with mentioned it or something. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not as clever as I'm making out, am I? I'm not as, as educated and well-read. <laughs> so how did you convince someone to start calling you that, though? Because it's one thing, from experience, it's one thing to call yourself something. It's something else to convince other people to to participate. Well, in. that's the beautiful thing there of um, me and my mates also killed time in HMV by writing raps on the back of till receipts. And again, it, weirdly, it's the start of my career, but it was like a rat race on my first album. I wrote most of that on the back of till receipts, but it started with just us writing this raps about everyone in the store and our mate matt picked or was given the name mutt 3000 and mutt has three t's um stew mangan who now produces under the name of 76 originally produced under the name of flames y'all and this was basically we came up with our rap names essentially on the till um and i'm the only one who who persisted with mine. Although everyone knows Mutt as Mutt still, so that one stuck. But yeah, it was purely because we were writing our rap names on the till, um, and it stuck. And I'd start signing in with it at work, all sorts of stuff. All of us would just, you'd have to sign in in the book at the start of the day, and then there'd be Mutt 3000 in there, Scroobius Pip. (laughs) We must have been the worst people to work with for all all management and whoever else. It's like, what even is this? Who are these people now? Grow up. But yeah, that was it. We were all doing it. So so it was easy to get it to stick. And then I obviously started putting out music and doing stenciling and all sorts of other stuff. So when we were doing stenciling, um, my mates who were doing that all picked their stenciling 
densely names as well. So one was thirty-three oh three. Again, a nice catchy name. Um, yeah. What was Alan's name? <laughs> Again, it's so bad when you're giving our real names. I can't remember what Alan. No, oh yeah, overview. So, so, so overview was actually Alan. Um, That's an upgrade. Yeah, it's definitely an upgrade, <laughs> isn't it? But Scroobius Pip is arguably an upgrade from Dave, the most Essex name in the world ever. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's funny you should say that because part of the thing uh, Jordan and I were looking into before this was trying to look at people or existing performers um, or, or rappers who do actually use their real name. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, when you look through the all-time greats, a lot of the names you're like, okay, cool, that's definitely not their name and I wonder how they came up with it. But then you have modern artists such as Dave. Yeah, yeah. Dave is <laughs> yeah. a very successful, yeah. award-winning rapper now. He's flipped it. He's flipped <laughs> yes, it. he's flipped it. Yeah. Amazing. Madness. I, I always remember being most excited when I found out what KRS-One meant, and it's knowledge reigns supreme over nearly everyone. And I just thought it was just this cool. And it is. It's actually, I think his name is Chris, and he, it was Chris-One, KRS-One, but then he... He's clever as, as all hell. So, yeah, he made it into this amazing knowledge reign supreme over nearly everyone. So good. <laughs> that is good. That is pretty damn good. <laughs> I mean, I would argue that that is less true these days. But yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's, it's heavy on the, ne- on the nearly. Yes, big nearly. Sure. Big nearly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> big nearly sounds like a rap name. Yeah, big nearly does. <laughs> Cool. Well, I reckon we should get into what we're here to do, right? Which is yeah. to discuss a particular first time. Um, and uh, this is all obviously relating to your to your alter ego, Scroobius Pit, which isn't really an alter ego now. It's just you. Yeah. But um, we wanted to talk about the first time that you actually performed under that name. Yeah. So used it as a stage name yeah. and how that all worked and obviously how it all felt and what the reaction was. So how far are we going back? It's So it'll be 2000 and or 2005 I guess um, I'd recorded N- No Commercial Breaks my debut album I'd, I'd saved up working in HMV um, I'd, t- I'd gone part time so I, I could afford a week in the studio and Overview Alan uh, uh, played <laughs> drums so he, no I think it wasn't even a week I could afford three days in the studio and Ross, um, who was a guy who who ran the jazz section in HMV, he played bass, saxophone, keys, everything on the albums. So basically, we recorded the whole album in three days, um, and then I could afford to get a thousand pressed with like a cardboard sleeve printed, all that kind of thing. And then my plan was to tour around the UK in my nineteen eighty seven. A Toyota space cruiser, living in it because the back seats folded down to make a double bed, um, and just try nice. and play on street corners and try and get gigs. And a really key part is Chris, who scratched on my album as a monomy, but is now Chris from Hardcore Listing. He decided to come with me, and we were just going to tour about. I quit my job in HMV. And there's loads of stories from parts of it, like the the, the on a going story became that we'd do a lot of t- town centres because I'd figured, oh, that's where all the people are. And you'd learn that's not where the people who want to hear like like acapella, beatbox, loop pedal rap or spoken word poetry are. Um, so we started, We what we then did, we would get to each city and we'd look up the gigs that night. So if, if Buck 65 is playing we'll go to the Buck 65 gig because he'll get everyone from that area who is into my kind of thing and literally line them up against a wall so I can go and perform to my target audience and so on and so forth. But the first one um, was we were starting off in London because obviously I'm in Essex and we thought we'll start London and then we'll head the Midlands, North, Scotland and loop about a bit. And DJ Shadow had announced he was doing a listening party of his new record um, at, like, wherever it was, Sony Universal, I'm not sure. So we're like, we'll go there. And um, I had 
a little portable lamp, a, a loop pedal and a mic, and I also had a ghetto blaster with a tape that had all my beats on. So I could either beatbox into a loop pedal and rap over the top, or play beats off that and rap over the top, or just do st- straight acapella. And I remember I got there, and I was like, nah, this probably isn't the right place for it. Probably isn't. This probably isn't going to work. People are a bit, yeah, nah, let's leave it. But because Chris was there to go, well, go on then. Like, we've come here. I, I genuinely think my career wouldn't have happened if Chris hadn't been there on that day because I would have bottled it completely because I just got there and got scared. And the thing that I only realised years and years later was I'd quit my job. I'd made a 1,000 CDs. I'd made this whole record. I've never played live. I'd not done a single gig as Scroobius Pip, and I just assumed I could do it. And that's not that easy. So it's, it's, it's partly, again, it's partly, I always put all these things down to my forgetfulness. But there's a boldness there as well that I now look back and I'm quite proud of, that I didn't question it. I just went, at that point, I was a big fan of the quote, if you've got something to fall back on, you're more likely to fall back. So I just thought, I'll quit my job. I'm not rich. I've got to do it. It's got to be a success. So yeah, I got there and I bottled it. But because Chris was there, I couldn't back down. I had to perform. So I set my stuff up. I was in my suit and my trucker cap. And I did a gig. Wow. I did three or four songs. Um, handed out some flyers. And uh, yeah, it happened. So this was literally when people are queuing up to go in. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So, wow. Okay. I figured I figured it was b- b- because it was a first come first served thing. I figured there'd mm. be a load of people there waiting and it'd be crowded and s- s- some wouldn't get in and all that kind of thing. So, yeah. Just as people are queuing up to get in, up rocks this 6 foot 4 guy in a suit and a trucker cap and a beard and goes, "Do you want to hear some poetry?" <laughs> <laughs> And the interesting thing there is, of course, is that you were performing as Screwiest Pit, but nobody knew that. No. Because there's no, you know, nobody's coming along that, you know, you don't have any, uh, you don't have a big screen behind you that says Screwiest Pip. I imagine, no. you know, Chris wasn't pointing at you with a piece but, of A4 paper that said it on. I did have flyers. So for this tour right. where, I was, where we were going to be living in this van, I'd made flyers because I was adamant I wasn't going to try and sell anything or busk even. Like busking, mm. I think, particularly in the UK, it's got an automated reaction in people that they want to look away or they don't want to engage or they feel they're being put upon. Um, Bob Dylan could be there playing a song and you'd be like, you'd you'd avoid it and walk past and and, and get on. It's a really weird thing. So I was adamant on that. But my thought was, if I give them a flyer, they've got something to remind to. Remind them of me the next day because again, I was also aware, particularly when we were doing the gigs, like outside gigs. I was also aware, no matter how much I smash it, they're going to go and see one of their favourite performers perform live, and they're going to hear their favourite song, and they're going to have a drink, and they might meet a boy or a girl. And there's so many things that are going to make them forget the guy with the weirdly awkward name who was outside earlier. Um, so yeah, I thought if I give them a flyer that's got my MySpace details on. That's how old I am. It was a MySpace era thing. Um, if I give them a flyer with my MySpace details on, then that'll will give them something in the morning to go. All right, I remember that guy. He was all right. The flyer had loads of fake quotes on, all all made up quotes. It had a review from BigAppleRap.com. Made that up. Um, <laughs> every every quote on there I'd made up, particularly the one from Westwood that said, really not my kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd put a fake quote on there from Westwood, just saying, not my kind of thing. And all the rest were like, just praising me. (laughs) But I had no following at that point. And yeah, as I said, no, I'd never performed live at Scroobius Pip. So it wasn't a thing yet. It became a thing in that moment outside that uh, record label. But I had no choice. I had Chris there and I had a van that had loads of CDs in. Like we'd quit our jobs. We were, like we'd planned where we were going to be be driving. So we kind of had to, to, to do it. And that was, I think that can be a really important thing for first times is 
whether it's self-imposed pressure or or pressure from elsewhere, it's what it what it's what makes you do it sometimes. It kind of seems like the perfect marriage of like your own motivation plus being held accountable by someone else who's like, yeah. and uh, will you begin now or what's happening? Well, that was it. I'd, I'd obsessively prepared. So I knew the plan on this to before those nerves hit was to get in the Midlands and up north and make people think I was big down south. Because I've got a seat, like whether that be like also like, like like I hit up open mics and hit up any venues who would the flyer I made was it said the relying on the kindness of, of strangers tour, and I'd sent some out to, to different people I knew around the country just to hand out, and it said if you've got a venue or an open mic or you do gigs, I'm looking for somewhere to play. Otherwise, I'll just turn up outside and uh, and do whatever I can. But yeah. That was the idea of that. But yeah, I'd practice relentlessly. So I knew that I could put on a performance. And again, even to the stupid extent of the fact I was wearing a charity shop suit and a trucker cap and had a big beard, I felt that's the kind of stuff that is memorable. If you've been to an open mic and there's a load of people awkwardly reading off a sheet of paper, if I'm getting up and I look like some kind of planned complete package but also I know all my stuff I know how I'm delivering it I'm delivering it with false I'm not stumbling um yeah the thought was they will all think I'm big down south and that's exactly what happened I kind of I toured everywhere I'd been I'd yeah I had a career before I played anywhere locally and any of my mates saw me perform other than Chris or Mutt who came on some of the little tour as well um in general I played to complete strangers and I was adamant on that as well because I think there's a real I always call it a a local band syndrome I think bands can get real egos because because their mates are at every gig telling them how great they are and they've not yeah. won over any actual fans. They've, they've won over their mates who are surprised that, that someone they know can do something. Isn't this cool? So I was adamant to not play to any of my mates until I actually had a career. And then, cool, if you want to come along, you know. So so how long was it before you actually performed as Scroobius Pip, but you, you were billed as Scroobius Pip? Um, it was on that tour. And a guy I used to work with in HMV booked me oh no actually there was another one that there was an open mic in a pub in derby no it wasn't even open mic i'm I'm, again i haven't talked about any of this in years so i'm remembering (laughs) it i played on a table outside a pub in derby just because it looked like a cool pub (laughs) on a table it it was an it's a scream pub like which is a student pub in in the uk there's like a chain of it's a screams and again that was another thing that me and chris were like we'll find an It's a Scream pub because that's where we used to go for pound a pint. We're like, if we were there and someone started performing, it'd be cool. So I was performing outside this It's a Scream pub and the person who ran it came out and said, can you stop doing that? And I was like, I guess. And I went, look, we've got some bands on tonight. One of the bands is my band and we're like a jazz kind of funk experimental band. If you want to come up and do some songs with us, then you can. So I guess there I would have either introduced myself as Scroobius Pip or been introduced. Again, it wouldn't have been printed anywhere. No one knew it was happening, but that was an indoors gig as Scroobius Pip with some funk band. And again, I'd never jammed any of this with anyone else. I'd only practised it in my bedroom and rapped over the beats that we'd made. So, yeah, it was all birth of fire. But, oh yeah, on that tour where I said I'd sent out a load of these flyers to people I knew who were at uni or workplaces, a guy I used to work with called Daniel Stevens was producing and DJing and putting on club nights. And he had a club night on when Nathan Fake was playing and a load of other people. He was playing um, under the name Dan Lassac and he put me on. Um, and I was first on, and I had, again, I'd prepared for this, I'd hoped to get indoors, so I had a projector and stuff that I had practised, again, in my bedroom at home, I'd practised on certain songs, I had specific slides on the one where I go through the the periodic table, I had the 
all the elements up there and things like that. So I, I'd prepped this full sh- show again. It now seems mad the fact that I'd never gone out and gone. Oh, can I perform live? Am I comfortable in front of an audience? I'd ne- mm. l- literally n- never done that, but I'd planned it all out. And yes, so the first gig I did was for Dan Lasak, and when it got to his set, he had remixed a few of the songs off my MySpace page, and that was the birth of Lasak versus Pip because he he played them in his set, and I was like, oh man, this is amazing. And yeah, uh, yeah, we then set up a Dan Lasak versus Scroobius Pip MySpace page, and it got bigger than either of our our solo pages. <laughs> amazing. What was it like the first time somebody came up to you and said, are you Scroobius Pip? But it wasn't someone that you knew. Because that is a strange experience. Yeah, it was amazing. So uh, uh, when me and Dan did the Camden Crawl, again, this was all within, I'd say, 18 months of quitting my job in HMV. So uh, almost a year to the day of quitting my job in HMV to go on the road, Thou Shalt Always Kill came out and, and got in the top 40. So it was a mad year, essentially, of just touring about, tr- tricking people up north into thinking I'm successful down south and then coming b- 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 back down south and having a following. So I kind of w- was successful. But So we did the Camden Crawl um, and we had a line of people, like a line down the street to get in because it's a turn up, it's a wristband thing. It's You get a wristband for the whole festival a certain amount and we were like oh man are we famous and then we did this gig it was great it went really well and then I was at an, another gig l- later and two people had been at the show had just asked for a photo and this woman came up to me and goes after I walked away I went I know who you are and I'm sitting there like fucking cool this is this is alright she knows who I am and she's like you're Ryan Gosling and I was like ah oh. <laughs> Right, no. <laughs> um, and this was pre-Heartthrob Ryan Gosling. Uh, so this is like Half Nelson era Ryan Gosling. So it's when he was just a bit beardy and my beard wasn't as long. So it's a great compliment. Now he's turned out to be this international Heartthrob. Yeah. But at the time, I just felt so awkward. And she was like, and I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not Ryan Gosling. She's like, I know you don't want to be interrupted and you don't want people rushing over, but I know you are. And I just want to say, I think you're you're really talented. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not him. <laughs> and she was like, look, it's all right. I'm not going to take up your time. I just wanted to, to let you know that I know. And it was the worst because I was like, I thought I'd had my moment of being recognised for the first time. That's the best. But it was as the wrong person. Um, and I love that. I love the idea of... <laughs> <laughs> continually say no honestly it's fine yeah. i know and she was just like look i know i know <laughs> just put your finger to your lips yeah. no hush 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 <laughs> shush ryan i know it's I you know. ryan and i just think you're very talented and i need you to know that um oh man she probably tells all her mates that as well i met ryan before he was yeah, a big deal i guarantee she's told loads of people that she had this evening where she met ryan gosling but my actual oh, f- actual first time being recognized did happen later that same night and it's kind of a cool story as well because me and a few mates a few mates had come up because Camden Crawl it was our first big gig kind of thing so a few mates had come into London for it and we're all I said we're going to gigs afterwards we're getting mistaken as Ryan Gosling um, and then Amy Winehouse was playing at the Dublin Castle which is just a pub in Camden like and not a proper thing we like, oh let's go along to that and we walked up and we thought our queue was big. Her queue was basically all the way up to the zoo. Um, so we were like, ah, let's leave it. And then one of the doormen said, I know you. And I was like, what? He's like, you're a bit of a face, aren't you? And I was like, eh, okay. He's like, you're that a rapper guy. I'm like, yeah. He's like, how many of you are there? And it was like, there's, there's five. He's like, all right, they come in. And he let us in. Um, so we got in to watch Amy Winehouse. And I watched Amy Winehouse in the Dublin Castle on a pub stage, stood next to Ross from Friends, who was in a cap, clearly didn't want to get recognised or mistaken for Ryan Gosling, so he was keeping it all all low-key. <laughs> yeah, and that was wow. yeah an absolutely mad one, because that was the first time I got in somewhere because of being who I am. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a mad one. 
So it's a weird night for for mistaken identities. I was really hoping that he was going to say, "You're that guy from HMV, aren't you?" <laughs> Yeah. I bought Dirty Dancing on VHS from you. Yeah, I know you. <laughs> See, and I was hoping he was going to go up to David Schwimmer and say, you're Ryan Gosling, aren't you? Are you Ryan Gosling? Yeah. I, are you, I know you are. Spit. I know you are, don't worry. <laughs> no, it's no, okay. no. Uh, I know. Oh, man. Wonderful. That's amazing. The first time you were recognized, you got to see Amy Winehouse. Like, that's... Yeah. What a great gift. And in a gift. pub, as said, it was just, yeah. In Camden. Abs- absolute m- madness. But... Mm. Yeah, so that was yeah. That's all all all, all linking in to the first time performing a Scroobius bit. That, as I was kind of saying, the only other time I'd performed live, I was in a covers band called R- R- Royston Iller and the Motherfucking Posers. Um, only had that ridiculous name because it was a, a load of us from H and V who would meet up after work on a Sunday and just j- jam in a little pr- practice studio. But we only ever did two gigs. And the first one was absolutely iconic. And the second one was one of the worst things you've ever seen in your life. So I'd, I'd run the gambit. So the first one, we did these covers. Like I sung on one of the songs. I, like I did um, Five to One by The Doors, playing the bass. And it, it went off. It was all at our local alternative club. It went off and we were like, man, this is so cool. We are like rock stars. And then we got asked to play their big, I think it was a Boxing Day. The, they were open on Boxing Day, and it was this big show, and we got asked to headline that. And on that one, two ex-girlfriends of mine turned up at the same time, and they were both really m- m- messy breakups. Like I didn't have a lot of girlfriends, particularly as the st- stuttering kid in my teen, but, but both of these were really messy, mainly m- me crying a lot but um so i just got hammered so i just drunk so much me and the drummer and the guitarist all just got absolutely hammered and then we had to do the gig and i couldn't remember how to play bass at all so about halfway through the first song i started just miming playing the bass so i wasn't what? actually plucking any strings i was moving my fingers up and down and pretending um <laughs> And then three songs in, our lead singer, who was the talented one, he 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 could play all instruments. He was amazing. He kind of went, "All right, that's a lot. Thank you and good night." And we went off. And because the first one, there was so much demand, like we had to go on and do an encore. And we're a covers band who meet up and jam. Like we only knew one other song, so we we went out and did an encore. On this one, me and the drummer were so drunk, we came off after three songs or maybe four songs. And we got to side stage and we went, so are we ending or are we doing an encore? <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, literally, we're ending. Because that was basically him up there on his own covering songs yeah. with the rest of us either playing out of time or pretending to play. So why that made me think I could quit my job, r- record a whole album and tour the country being Scroobius Pip, I do not know. Again, it all becomes more and more fantastical and unimaginable the more I look back at all the stuff that played out but it kind of worked out I think that's something that we're going to have a lot of speaking to people about various first times it's just how how often people will look back and go I just can't believe that that's what I thought you know I thought that was mm. a good idea or, yeah. or how how I would have done <laughs> yeah. it completely differently or but you know for some reason it just it clicked and things worked out and led you on this path yeah um so so how because obviously, I mean, you are a true Scroobius Pip, as we've touched upon. You you have done a lot of things um, from the music to the acting to the podcasting. But obviously, you do a lot of writing as well. Um, have you ever considered writing under a different name or sort of using your legal name? Or is everything, will everything be Scroobius Pip yeah, from now on? Yeah, I think so. You know, a lot of people ask on the acting front, particularly starting off. They're like, yeah. are you going to use your real name? It's like, well, no, I've not been that guy for so long. Because as you say, because it isn't, a stage name like I know both of you in the real world and you know me as Pip and that isn't a mm-hmm. performance that's who I am and that's how you know me so it'd seem weird to go back to David Meads now because it's like well I've not been that guy 
for so long. So yeah, I didn't even consider it on the acting front. I get asked on every contract, so like, like, like how do you want to be accredited and how do you want to be billed? It's like, no, it's Scroobius Pip. You're going to have to write that, I'm afraid. It's it's always amusing on on self tapes because on self tapes you put the name of the show. Like as in the opening bit, there'll be a screen like with some text on. You put the name of the show, the character, and then your name, or your name and then the character. And I'm up for a lot of medieval stuff, a lot of sci-fi, and it's always amusing that my name is weirder than the character. Like my name sounds more like the medieval name or the sci-fi name than the character. It'll be like Colin the Grey, Scroobius Pip. You, you would look at that and go, <laughs> so which one's... Which? <laughs> Is this actor called Colin the Grey, or or is he called Scroobius Pip? So yeah, I have that a lot. I guess it also works in your favour that when people are watching credit sequences, or you know, without even realising they're they're sort of scrolling down the list, your name's going to stick out, right? Yeah, man. There's going to be a lot of quite you know usual names, and then yours is worth a Google. It 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 happens a lot. It happened a lot with debris recently that I'd get loads of tweets about people just going, "What's that name? Who's this guy on the credits?" Because I'm on the opening mm. credits, even a podcast who who went on to invite me on. There was a clip of them spending about five minutes just talking about how ridiculous a name it was, and, and just just kind of just just taking the piss and having a go. And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not going to." If that's what your podcast, if that's the best material you've got on your podcast, is laughing at a name on a credit it's, this doesn't sound like you know we're gonna have the best time oh, we're gonna have to change our intro for this now Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> that's awkward oh, oh i wanted to ask jordan like how i'm sure you will have talked about it in the intro or outro ever but i knew you as lady J. so how was that when you were then introducing yourself but because i know early on i'd feel a little bit awkward and feel like a dick particularly if it wasn't a work thing Having to having to go. All right, again, I'll always say I'm Pip, and I don't want to say I'm Scroobius Pip. Hello, because it does feel ridiculous. It feels like an awful choice now. But how was that? Because I, I said I met you <laughs> as Lady J. So how was that having an, a, a name that you're known by, and how comfortable did you feel introducing yourself either way? I mean, I think by the time I met you, I was just kind of J at that point. So yeah. the the long and short of why the Lady J even existed in the first place was because I was running a literary magazine um, while I was taking care of my mom. And I had invited a lot of people who were talking about some very personal things in their writing mm. to submit. And, and it was like a, a workshop based thing. So we, we built a lot of relationships with the people we were publishing. And I was also simultaneously starting to write and and vlog about wrestling and I knew how toxic and we still know how toxic (laughs) that environment is and so I did not want people who decided that they hated me because I was a woman talking about wrestling to then be able to google my name and find this very deeply personal literary magazine that I was running and attack those people you know some of whom were talking about coming out as trans and and you know having like I was writing about how how just horrific the experience of taking care of my mom who has alzheimer's was and just you know i mean people were being very honest in this magazine and i did not want there to be a crossover and just yeah. long and short of that is that almost 10 years later i was 100 percent right about those people because they would have come yeah. for that magazine for sure um so i decided i needed a nickname and when i was in high school this is like so embarrassing but when i was in high school i would like write all these horrific poems on like live journal and stuff. And I wanted to sign them as something Love cool. It. And I liked that, like one of my favorite children's books, it's so funny that it's like a children's book thing. Now that I think about it yeah. was uh, Peter Pan and Peter called Wendy, the Wendy lady, like all the lost boys called her the Wendy lady. And so I liked the idea of like yeah. lady. And so I made it lady J for Jordan. And so Love it. that became my pen name. And so in wrestling, I was like, it's like a it's like a wrestling name, right? It's not my real name. Yeah. It's my wrestling name. And so I became the Lady J. But what, by the time I got involved in progress wrestling and, and the British wrestling scene, I had to kind of come to terms with the fact that I now sounded completely fucking ridiculous as the American who was calling herself Lady J. Like that was just like you have actual <laughs> people whose title is Lady in your country. So what yeah. am I doing? 
Um, so most of the people who I started to become friends with, I just started calling myself Jay. And that seems fine. And some of those, most of those people still call me Jay and I still answer to it and that's fine. But the Lady yeah. Jay is like kind of a thing in my my past now. But I, I can't tell you how many times, the first time I was ever in the ballroom, people, because the other thing too is when you only meet people through the internet, you have no idea what they look like. Everybody's Twitter yeah. icon is like, it was my face, but nobody else's face. So people would come up to me and be like, you have a Lady J. And I'm like, uh-huh. Like, are you... Are you a mass murderer? Like, who are you? Yeah. Are you a good person? Who are you? Are you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've 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 got a a similar question for you, Adam, because when we first met, like we've joked before, we had no idea what you looked like or ha- or how you were going to be, because it's a similar thing as Jordan was saying there. You don't know what these people are like, like when you've had a little bit of interaction online, and I didn't twig at first that my name is Ad was my name is Ad. Yeah. My name, I sad. I thought, I don't know what yeah. that means. I don't know what my yeah. name, I sad means. But mm. I, 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 the word sad clearly jumped out at me. That's some, some stuff yeah. I need to talk to someone about. <laughs> but th- that, was the, that was the bit of the name I saw first. And yeah, so I didn't know you were Adam until we kind of talked more. And I was like, oh, yeah. it's my name is Ad. It's not my name, I sad. Yeah, my name I sad. That does sound. Pro- yeah, my name. That's worrying, isn't I it? I sad. I I sad. It's a it's a massive regret for me because I get when basically when Twitter when I first got a Twitter account I I decided to go for my name is Ad. I, I can't really remember why, but I didn't really have a uh, a nickname. I I did have a lot of nicknames, but none that I was happy to to use on social media. <laughs> um, and we're gonna need I to hear just, them. I, Oh, once you finish yeah. this, go ahead. <laughs> I, I went with I went with my name is Ad, but the problem is obviously when it's all lowercase, it does look like my name is Ad uh, or whatever. And then when I went freelance as a freelance graphic designer years ago, I, I could again I, I had to set up a portfolio. I didn't know what to do, and I was just like, well, I've got Twitter, I've got the Twitter handle already. I've got an Instagram handle. Why not do my name is Ad.co.uk? And then when I made a logo, it was a bit easier to separate the words. Yeah. But it's always been a bit of a regret that I've never, I never came up with something a bit cooler, or that um, I didn't just change it, or just go for Adam Richardson Design or something. Yeah, um, it's the changes, isn't it? Like as as yeah. as, you, as you know, Fights Gone By podcast is one of my favourite podcasts for years. Mm. He recently changed it to the Jack Slack podcast because he's like, why is it so awkward? I'm Jack Slack. I'm here doing like I, I write as Jack Slack. I do my critiques as Jack Slack. Why am I doing the Fights Gone By podcast well, yeah. with Jack Slack? It's like, no, just put, be as simple as as possible, I guess. But you, on, on your one, it's like there's loads of infamous ones with websites, isn't there? And the, the most famous is find, findtherapists.com, <laughs> which was a huge mistake because it's findtherapists.com. Oh yeah. Which again, someone genuinely bought that apparently, <laughs> and it was like the idea was that you can search for therapists. It's like you've launched your business as findtherapists.com which that's like the is um, a whole different Susan, business. <laughs> Susan Boyle when she had her album yeah. come out, and they had the hashtag Susan Album Party, yeah, or something like that. What is it? Was it? And then it S- yeah, it Susan Album Party, like Susanal Party, Susanal Bum Party, Anal Bum Party, yeah. <laughs> Susan album party, yeah. yeah. Sue's anal bum party, and 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 hasn't uh, Brett Goldstein had a similar problem with the fact with yeah. his uh, films to be buried yeah. with podcasts and F he, F T? Yeah, he tried to use the hashtag for his his live one of yeah F T B B W, and it's I think it's fact tits big, but, you know it goes it's it's, it's some kind of porn hashtag. Um, and it caused yeah. him a lot of problems that they were trying to submit. It was because of, of Lizzie Acast was running his his quiz, and 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 that said, y- 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 use the hashtag t- to submit. And either her or Brett was like, "We're getting some weird submissions." <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> cool. Well, I think. One final thing that I think we'd like to ask um, as we begin to wrap things up is something that I think we're going to potentially ask every guest um, that comes on first time for everything. And it is after discussing the first time that you used your stage name, 
if you had the chance to relive that very first time, would you do it any differently? I mean, it's a tough one because if I could relive it now, I'd do it better because because I've gigged loads and I'm not <laughs> as nervous. Like I'd, it was, I don't think I would do it differently because I think it set me up for everything that came ahead. Like we, this is now me. Like we had a good reputation for being pretty good live. Like like, but we would like we were known as a live act. We toured a lot and mm. played live a lot. And I think the reason. I was so relaxed on stage was because I did those horrible gigs where no one had asked to see me, no one wanted to see me. If I'm playing inside, and number one, I've been asked to, and number two, the people there are expecting to hear from me, what's to be nervous about? And I think, again, mm. I think if I hadn't done those horrible street gigs and that that first one where I just completely almost bottled it, I think I wouldn't have then had that relaxed nature on stage that we kind of got n- known for, that it felt like a party and if it felt like we were having fun. It always felt free-flowing and could go anywhere because I was just so pleased to be there. And I think that came across, but I also think it came from all the gigs where I wasn't pleased to be there. I was like, well, we've driven all the way to Manchester, so we can't just n- 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 not do this. But I did... Yeah, a town centre in Manchester, and it was the day of an England game at Old Trafford. So I got through three songs before we packed up and said, look, people are trying to smash the speaker, steal the speaker, steal the ghetto blaster because it looks good. We're just like, yeah, Mm. this ain't the one. Again, the ignorance at that point, we're like, there's a a football match on. Oh, it'll be rammed. Perfect. (laughs) No, not perfect. No. Not perfect at all. So yeah, unless you're doing Oasis covers. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I I, I did. <laughs> I would do it exactly the same because it was a birth of fire that then prepped me for everything else. We just want to thank Ryan Gosling so much for coming on and being our first guest on the podcast and talking about the first time he ever used his stage name, which is Scroobius Pip. Isn't that funny? What a get. Ryan Gosling, I knew we'd get some decent guests for this uh, due to our you know, incredible links that we've got now through Pod Bible and doing podcasts and stuff. But Ryan Gosling, nobody was predicting that. Wow, what a moment. I also didn't know that he was originally from Essex. That, that was interesting. No, that's a shame for him. All right, <laughs> that was great. Thank you to Scroobius Pip um for for coming on and being our first guest and for the advice that he's given us uh when we were setting this up and for being generally supportive uh and that's all of the nice things uh out the way any not nice things you'd like to say about him no i think we were going to talk a little bit at the end here about our own experiences meeting famous people for the first time based on that that story that he shared about being accused of being ryan gosling and then running into david schwimmer um when he was seeing amy winehouse and so i was gonna just share the first time that i met pip which was a very strange experience when we think about it as meeting someone who's quote unquote famous because i had no idea i didn't know that he was famous i thought that he was just the person who wrote the music for one of the wrestlers that I enjoyed to walk out to. Um, ah. So I, I didn't know, and someone pointed him out. He happened to be at the first Progress Wrestling show that I attended. And so I just walked up to him and started talking to him like he was a regular person. To be fair, he is. He's just a regular yeah. person. But after a while, we were. it was like an awkward thing where I don't think he really knew who who I was, I'm not famous. And so it was kind of like, why is this strange person just coming up and chit-chatting to me like I'm whatever, like we're like we're friends. And so Matt Richards, who used to do the Tuesday Night Jaw podcast, had to come over and sort of rescue me from myself. And then he was like, over here, Pip's kind of famous. And so, you know, maybe he thought you were like a weird fan or something. Like, let's chill out. Can we do that? And I was like, oh, man, why didn't anybody say anything? And we thought you knew. And I was like, I'm American. I don't know anything. Come on. But maybe Pip found that endearing because we're still friends now. So... (laughs) I always think that must be the weirdest thing if if you have any level of fame. Okay, if you're, you know, Beyonce, then you know everybody knows who you are. But if you're, you know, Pip, for example, who, you know, some of my friends know him and love his work and love his podcast, but I have got some other friends who had never heard of him and don't know who he is. And when I mention him, they're like, sorry, who? What, what's that? 
um, you're going to get people talking to you and you'll be like, yeah, this guy knows who I am or this guy's pretending not to know who I am or this guy naturally definitely doesn't know who I am and it must be quite interesting. Um, maybe we can talk to Pip about that on another episode another day. But we would like our listeners to get involved and tell us if you have any great stories about the first time you met a famous person. I think in future episodes, we'll probably try and link to the specific first time. I mean, maybe there is somebody listening who's also used a stage name for the first time. Feel free to get in touch. But we think first time you met a famous person, there's going to be lots of great stories. Or if you've ever had the particularly unique experience of being mistaken for someone who's famous, because that was a good part of this story too. So... Never happened to yeah. me, but it might have happened to somebody out there in listener land. Yeah, fantastic. And if you do want to get in touch, then you can email ftfepod at gmail.com. Uh, we do have a Twitter account, which is also ftfepod. Um, and Pip in uh, that chat mentioned the flyer that he used on the very first performance. And he sent us a picture, a couple of photos. So check out our Twitter, ftfepod, uh, where we will have posted those by now or we will at some point. Should we move on to weekly challenge time, the first ever one? Yes. So we are going to challenge one another to try something for the very first time. And then next week, we'll come back and talk a little bit about how it went. And, you know, if it's possible and appropriate, maybe we'll include like some sound clips of us actually trying the thing and everything. So, Adam, are you ready for your very first challenge? Uh, yeah. So I challenge you to try de bomb hot sauce for the very first Ooh. time. Oh, okay. All right. Have, have you have you tried it? No, I I have a very low tolerance for hot things, so that wouldn't be a good All challenge right. for me. I would I would have to tap out to that one. So for those that don't know, there's this YouTube series called Hot Ones. I'm sure people have seen episodes where uh, a guy interviews people whilst they're trying really hot wings or vegan wings or whatever it may be with varying levels of spicy hot sauce on each wing and they've had some massive guests but there's one sauce that has stayed on every single season they have they they mix up the sauces one sauce has remained pretty much every season and it's the bomb and every guest seems to agree that it's disgusting all the other hot sauces you know even if it's really really hot sometimes they have some nice nice flavor involved but apparently the bomb just tastes like ass as you put it <laughs> so yeah oh thanks uh, I mean, Jordan does know I do have a bottle of this and I'm yet to try it and I've had it for about two years. It's probably past its sell-by date, but I don't know if it'll make any difference. So yeah, okay, I will try that. Uh, maybe I'll try and record it, but that might be revolting. Um, Jordan, I would like you to do something physical. Okay. So the Euros, European Championships, happened a little while ago and I know you were quite into it and you're a fairly new football fan who's been watching some football and listening to lots of football podcasts but you've never played football nope never do you have do you own a football i do yes and for for those americans listening he's talking about soccer not american football oh yeah of course so sorry about that guys but it's football yeah we're talking about around a spherical ball not a not a weirdly oblong ball exactly mm -hmm. Um, so I think you should go out and try kicking a football for the first time and maybe try some keepy-uppies. I don't know if that's got a different name over there. I don't, is that where you like, do you have to, do you just use your feet or can you use like other, well, you yeah. can't use your well, hands, you can, right? You can't use your hands. Feet, knees, shoulders, if you fancy, head, okay. but um, chest, okay. you know, you can catch it on the back of your neck. If you manage to do that, then we'll have to post a video. But yeah, keepy-uppies, flick-ups, just Look it on YouTube, you'll get some tips, but give that a go okay. and we will report back next week. So that's it. We did the first ever episode. We did the first podcast. Well, it's not the first one together. We, we did one a while back when I came on your podcast, but that's a whole other story. How do you think it went? Are you happy? I feel like we should try doing a second one, but I reserve the right not to do a third. How's that? Mm, yeah. Okay. I agree. That's fine. <laughs> If you enjoyed it, please do follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Acast and Spotify and everywhere and leave a review and uh, check out the show notes. Jordan is going to be doing wonderful work when it comes to the show notes with lots of detailed stuff, right? 
Yeah, I think it's important for people to be able to, you know, just accessibility too, for people to know what they're getting themselves into when they check out a new podcast. So I will try hard to be funny in the notes, but I can't I can't guarantee that I'll be funny, especially to our uh, our British listeners. I might be too American, but you never know. I'll, I'll work on it. I'll work on being a little drier, I think. Cool. FTFE pod on Twitter. Let us know if you think Jordan's funny uh, in her writing. Yeah. The artwork for this podcast was put together by Katie Burke and the music was put together by Funkel Albert. Both of which are wonderful. Thank you so much to both of them for, for helping us out and yeah, really bringing the podcast together with their contributions. Yes, thank you both. All right, that's it. That was it. That is it. This is the end. We're going to have to come up with a better ending at moving forward. Thanks, Jordan. No, I just want to say right now that we will forever now end this podcast with Adam going, that was it. This is it. This is the end. And then <laughs> okay. that's, that's all. That's all there is. Farewell. See you in a week. <laughs>